0: Well, it's such a joy to be talking to Oscar Chalupski, world champion sportsman and cancer warrior. Well, at least that's what it says on the cover of his book. We'll find out more about that in a while. I bought his book some months ago. Paid my three hundred rand. It's called No Retreat, No Surrender. Actually, let's just uh, show it there. Okay, that's that's the book you got to go and get hold of. I never got around to reading it though until he gave me a nudge with a signed copy that was uh, in december and i loved it absolutely loved it um kicking myself for not reading it earlier and actually having this discussion with you earlier oscar because according to some of your pals you almost weren't here today you almost never made it
1: yeah yeah thank you very much alec lovely to speak to you. yeah no, was, i know it was i was given a few last rites and the doctors telling me oh no this was only about six or seven weeks ago no, no you must bring your family back you know things aren't going that well but uh, as you know me well enough uh, i didn't think that was right so i said no i'm not bringing in my family here i'm gonna fight this you know and you have to fight things with different methods and one of the things i did i went on a 21 day fast so to kill the cancer where did you learn about
0: that or get that idea from
1: Well, I've always been following nutrition since uh, Tim Noakes did some studies with me in the nineteen eighties on waterlog when I I won that race from Paulus of East London. I never drank any water for five hours, and they said, "No, you should be dehydrated." And I wasn't. So, and I've always been interested. And again, understand that I won my last world title at age forty nine. Believe me; I can't even do one. Uh, one push up or one sit up as much as these young guys can do, and they can do thousands of pull ups. I couldn't do anything, so I've got to use my brain. So, and I've really studied it. And I didn't just study books on nutrition. I studied like uh, people like the Shackleton who survived, and things like that. And I read a lot of these kind of books that says, "Hey, no, you know your basal metabolic rate, it's going to uh, affect your performance because you, even if you take waters, so your body's got to digest it, so it's going to take." power from your muscles to digest the water so these are funny these little fine things that make you win at a very ripe old age of 49 so that's what i've did in in my cancer fight as well i heard that when you have chemo that you're going to get very sick i said hey the only way you can get sick is if you've got food in your stomach." So I, I started this and this is four years ago when i started my first cancer when i had stage four the first time i didn't eat for three or four days and i never got sick and at the time of my life, I used to have chemo and then chemo and people said, oh, is there something wrong with you? I said, yeah, well, I've got this that is strong and my brain is strong. And, and, and I do my own research because I think that's something that people really need to do is educate themselves. I mean, so many people just follow down the wrong, educate yourself and you make your own decision. That's what I've done. Tim Noakes,
0: he's, uh, he's a very popular man in, uh, amongst the business community. In fact, when he was at our last conference we got to get you to one of them soon uh he was he was one of our top uh, i think there were a couple of hundred thousand people watched the recording of his his keynote and yet there are many who suddenly have found fault with him including some corporates Uh, you've worked with him for a long time has he lost the plot
1: no you see at the end of the day Everybody has their sort of opinion on something, and some people disagree. And then you think, oh, everything's wrong about him, you know. And saying, I think that's what I've seen. I've been following uh, Tim for a long time. We go back forty years, and and uh, and it's always, you know, you think, okay, well. I know what he talked about uh, having a high fat diet and low-carb. And funny enough, this is an interesting story. And I've actually got the email when I wrote to Tim about 16 years ago when I said, hey, I've heard this. My friend told me you should be eating fat and not carbohydrates. And lo and behold, about three weeks later or four weeks later, he changed and said, hey, this is the elephant in the room. We shouldn't be having carb. We should be having fat. So understand this that people go down that route and and some people – Obviously, his his, uh, his knowledge on, on nutrition is you, unmatched, I'd say, in South Africa. But there are people that still don't believe him, even though he won the court case and things like that. And so, you know, people, they waver. And and, and his his story on, on the I mean, obviously, the vaccine and things like that, he's got the science. I can't uh, dispute that. So, and I'm not into disputing that. That's, that's why I'm saying each to his own and, and that's why you have people saying no 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 he, he's good he, believe in me and I actually called him out on this and and you'll never forget I was doing crossfit of all things I couldn't even do one push-up at the time and just finished my transplant and I said Tim the one thing you can't say is that this 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 uh COVID virus is a nothing because I'll ask you have you ever seen every single ICU bed in the whole of South Africa full in your life and he said no I said well that's So that's my thing. So I actually said to him, I said, hey, you can't say it's nothing. It has to be something, whether it's COVID or something, but there's something happening. So it's interesting. It's good to argue. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people. They don't realize that it becomes an argument, not a discussion. And I think that's why some people have said, no, no, he's lost the plot or he hasn't lost the plot. And I think when I speak to him and and he's visited me in hospital many times when I've been on my deathbed and he's very normal and he hasn't lost the product. <laughs> uh,
0: what I love about Tim Noakes is he loves to hear the opposite opinion, a little bit like in the investment world. And we're going to pick up on that in a moment where Charlie Munger says, when you, before you make an investment, the late Charlie Munger, then try and find out why you shouldn't make the investment. Same as, uh, as his partner, Warren Buffett, says the same thing. And Tim's, Tim says that's science. Science says try and find out where you're wrong. And I, I know from your life, You've also been very much on, on that kind of path, that, the questioning. Uh, your book's amazing, Oscar. Why did you decide to write
1: it? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. You know, interesting how you uh, some people handle some things, you know. So on the 25th of November, 2019, I got given the news. You get that phone call and they say, Oscar, You've got six months to live. And the reason why I know that date, 25th of November, 2019, is on the 26th of November was my wife's 60th, and I'd organized a special 60th birthday surprise. The only surprise she got is that I got cancer and I wasn't going to live very long. And it's interesting that, yes, I shed a tear. You have to. You know, you like on your deathbed, and you think about it. But I thought about it. I thought, what I've done in my lifetime, not many people are going to do it, and I'm feel happy with myself. You know, lots of people just cry and say, "Oh, I wasn't going to do it, with nothing." And on the 29th of November, I phoned my friend. I said, uh, "Graham Spence, who who I've known all my life, and he worked for the Daily News. So He covered all the stories of me winning things when I was very young." So we go back, and and I, he went to the Molokai. He met Tom Selick. And I phoned him on the 29th and I was walking around the that He said, you won't believe it, Graeme. I've got cancer, and and they've given me six months to live. And he was, like, he was also like just about crying. I said, he says, hey, I've got a big problem, uh, Oscar. I'm on a deadline. I've, uh, uh, it's going to take me four months to finish this deadline. I said, don't worry. I, they've given me six months, but even then, I'm not going to last for only six months. And and that's what I said. And I, would, I wanted this book to be different, to help people get through tough times. And as you know after every chapter, I said, listen, these are the mistakes I made. This is what I learned. And, and you and you can learn from everyone. And when I'm talking, doing motivational talks, I tell people that you've got to find people that are positive, that can help you. Because that's the only way you're going to get through life. Don't get through life with having negative people around you. That's why this book was there for people to read it two or three or four times. I've heard of people reading it five times and saying, sure, I, I, just need I need this little boost in my life you know and and that's what the book was about it wasn't about telling me how good I was in my sport or and business or anything it was about helping other people and that's what I've been doing all my life coaching people paddling doing anything and 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 again as as I say when I started and in those days when I was at Citadel with Magnus and on your show those days years ago 30 years ago that I was always one of those people that listen I knew if I looked after my clients, they'd look after me. And that's been my life with people and friends and family. And I think that's important for everybody to learn. That's Citadel's story.
0: You, you cover it a little bit in the book. Um, but <laughs> I don't want you to, uh, to, uh, I suppose, uh, you know, rake up old wounds and things like that. But you, 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 once you let, because you were one of the founders of, citadel which is now a massive financial institution as was magnus now we know magnus's story he he had a big fallout and he left you left but you also left financial services
1: yeah it was it was interesting and again i can never get to the bottom of it and and i never bear grudges as you see in my book i don't care what happens But but again everything i do i do it passionately and i really give 100 percent. i live i am you know that i'm working 24 7 all the time I and mean, no matter what business i'm in and the same thing was with uh with siddle and they they sort of made a uh, when jonathan wasn't jonathan and 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 the guys made a sort of a, a decision not to worry about the, the up and coming people the guys are going to be wealthy in the future and there's and 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 the, the rumors were that oh i didn't have a degree and all this and meantime i knew what i was doing because i, I studied and did everything so so again the my loyalty is probably one of my biggest faults as well you know loyalty can be good things but also bad thing and and, and I was so loyal because I put people into Citadel I've given all my clients and I said no I'm going to stay with you I still believe it is a good company and as I say as you know that Andrew Muller I actually appointed Andrew Muller who's this current CEO uh when he was in Durban so and I and I never run down people. And again, these are just things that happen in life. And and I never quite knew what happened. And uh, there's a few stories going around. But again, I don't bear grudges. I carry on and and and, and got out of the financial services, went into into uh, manufacturing boats and things like that, which is also a passion. Financial services is still a passion. If somebody asks me what I should do, I'll give them the the correct answers. And I think that's that's something that I always been I've been too honest and too loyal and maybe that was my shortcoming because by rights what I tell my customers and my clients is that if you can't actually make a difference in the company rather leave the company and and I didn't I left my shares in there and they went down and obviously they came back up again but but I I was faithful to the cause and and nobody can point finger that's why I didn't want to make it sort of picking up this old dirt about Citadel it's a chapter in your life, move on, you know, and that's what I say, you know, again, don't be too loyal, and don't be, as I say, it's, it's difficult to just uh, blind faith in people, you can't do that either.
0: You know? Yeah, I like that, don't let people rent space in your head, that's what it's, That's what resentment's all about, isn't it, but when you say you can't be too loyal, uh, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, you see, I was loyal to the point that if, if I'd listened to my own belief which is like i'm i'm leaving citadel now i haven't got control of it i should have actually started selling my shares and don't worry about all the other people that have invested in citadel i should have looked after myself and sold the shares when they were high and i would have done well where i was saying no no i'm in it i put these people in it i'm going down with you and that's what i do and i, I always do that which is is to a point, I think it's uh being too loyal, you know and even in my my kayak business, the same thing. I give always too much, and i don 't get as much better, better and my wife always gets so frustrated because i 'm always in one hundred and ten percent, and some people are in eighty percent, but i 'm always one hundred and ten percent, which sometimes is a shortcoming you know you you, you don 't see the wood for the trees
0: in one part of uh your book as well, you talk about. I was there to win, or else I was wasting my time. I love that because that's the Oscar Chilipski I know, and it it comes through so strongly in in your your athletic career, which in itself, I suppose, because kayaking and canoeing is is uh, is a little bit off the mainstream. You know, you'd you'd stuck uh, with rugby, say. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly, exactly. I mean, I mean, perfect example is that when I was in 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 standard uh, in matric at school, I said. if the rugby players got all the accolades. By this time, I'd already been in the national team. I'd won world championships and nothing, but I still didn't get any accolades. All the rugby players got it. So I said, okay, bugger you. I'm going to go and play rugby. And again, it doesn't come easy. I had to go and train very hard. And again, I set my goal completely off the charts because nobody at whistle Boys had hard, even made Natal schools. I said, I'm going to make Natal schools. I didn't say i will make the first team. I wasn't even in the first team. I was a third team hacker. But I just set my mind to go to that tells schools. And then I trained like crazy, made sure I was fitted. In those days, and remember as was amateur. I was training two or three times a day. These rugby players were training two to three times a week. And it was a big difference, a big difference. And again, I also set my mind and, and, and watched videos and watched things on rugby and to make sure that I would achieve my goal. And that's what my whole life's been about. Everything I've done is to try and set a goal, make a plan of how to get to it, and achieve it, you know, and some of them mean ridiculously difficult, which, and it takes a lot of uh, sacrifice, which everybody has to make. I mean, and I think we all can do it. Everybody says, Oh, no, you're special, winning so often. It's not being special, it's being that I've just got this ardent desire to win and I win, I try and win at everything. And focus. Surely yes, that's a big it, part of it too. Yeah. No, you have to, you, is that anything? Because it's so easy to get diverted to, to your chain of thought to change and to, go down different routes where I really like to focus and make sure, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And some people think I'm crazy. And what I also do, which is something that some people always hide about, they make their little, little, uh, set their little goal and they don't tell anybody. So when they fail, nobody even knows. I normally say, listen, I'm going to make Natal schools rugby. So if I fail, I look bad. And, And I think that's one of those things is to put yourself out there to make sure that you can actually achieve it And people know about it. And some people will help you. And a lot of people, this is the problem with life, a lot of people will hope that you fail. And uh, I love beating the guys that think I'm going to fail, you know.
0: To even get into the Natal School Rugby team, though, you had to have some of the attributes. And you got that from clearly from your parents. You got good genes. You're a big, strong boy, always have been. But it, it isn't just physically that you inherited. You also inherited a different mindset, perhaps, from your parents?
1: Yeah, my father who came out of Germany. He's one of those people that says if you're gonna do something, do it properly or don't do it all. He says it's this German precision. So from the start, and again it's like where what made me so determined to win everything that I did? And and it's from the start, you know, I was big. So I was like nearly double the size of everybody when I was under under 10. So I, I, everything came easy. I won everything because I was twice the size. Can't lose. Until I, I lost one race and realized a small guy with a big determination could beat you. And then that, from that day on, my father said, okay, we're going to go and train. We leave that, that quarter to six to be at the swimming pool at six o'clock. He never pushed us. If you were in the car at quarter to six, you went, and if you didn't, he didn't get it. He just went off. So you realized from that day on, you want to do something. You've got to have the plan and then have to implement it and do it. And, and again, it's a lot of sacrifice waking up so early as a, as a youngster at under 10. And from that day on, after winning like the junior and senior Ironman, and funnily enough, in Australia, surf, lifesaving and paddling is the biggest sport, bigger than cricket or rugby. And when I won that in sort of March, and then another guy won it in April – I was like, uh, I thought I was a big, big uh, celebrity in South Africa. Meantime, the guy in Australia became a multi-millionaire and, and made a lot of money where it's complete Cinderella sport in South Africa. So you had to make it yourself, you know. So again, so that takes a little bit of more effort, you know, and, and, and i never forget uh, Clive Rice, a good friend of mine. And. Well, they were they were looking at sponsorship, and they said, no, like no, Clive Rice is one of the best people to sponsor because he's always loyal to a sponsor. And, and, and I was like number two and I was in this Mickey Mouse sport and he was in cricket. And, and, and it's interesting that even mm-hmm. now that 95% of the people don't really know any other paddlers, they just know Oscar and the Chilipsky family, because I did it myself. <laughs> Nobody was going to cover this sport because it's Cinderella sport, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you look what I did to the doozy, uh, Brought all the celebrities that 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 the doozy community the the M'gaini community would love to see like the baby jakes the dr kamalos the peggy sue kamalos all those i brought them into the valley not only did it make them famous and make the race better but it also brought me into to the limelight so you have to think outside the box all the time to get what you deserve what, what i think i deserve <laughs>
0: And all of those stories are covered in your book. I didn't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's one of those books that you you just you absorb it and and enjoy it very much. But Oscar, where you are today, you've got this big battle going on, as you've shared with us earlier. You four years into a disease that was supposed to take you after six months. What is it that you are going to be able to coach? other cancer sufferers in, or how would, if another, and I'm sure if, if I was diagnosed, the first guy I'm going to call is you and, and say to you, Oscar, how do I fight this thing in the same way as if I was mad about kayaking, I would also phone you and get some insights.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it actually happens. I mean, every single day I get people and it's terrible. I mean, I'm always signing books to say, keep fighting. And a young kid's 26, people breaking their spines, all these things. They come to me all the time to say, how do we do it? And, you know, the first thing is, believe me, your mental strength is the most important thing because it's so easy to fail when you are down and out. Believe me, when I was lying in that bed and I was the doctor was saying no you haven't got much chance i still said no i've got this chance i'm going to read up about it. there must be some other ways and and you've always got to look at another way there's always another way to do it better and and braver and 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 the thing is to surround yourself and educate yourself so i always say listen and 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 I and I make effort. So when I heard about my disease, which is multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer, there's no cure at the moment. And and, and I was going along so happily and it just shows you how you can be complacent in life and you must never do this. I was going along and thinking, Okay, well, this disease got no chance against me, and then suddenly it came back and I was on my deathbed within three weeks. I mean the doctor said they didn't know how I was surviving. So that just happened because I didn't have the the special um I'm I, I having it, but I didn't have it. I didn't feel I, ne- I needed it. So it was like, oh, a week here and a week there is not going to make a difference. But it made a difference so that I was basically back in stage four, six or seven weeks ago. And then I felt it again by going to see a doctor all the way in Boston, who a guy called Professor Thomas Seyfried, who said, listen, I'm going to give you one bit of advice. He's been studying biology for 41 years. And he said, let me tell you. All cancers are metabolic because I thought mine wasn't metabolic. And what that basically means is that cancer lives off food and they love carbohydrates, and all cancers do. Mine, even less. So when I hear about a person that's got cancer, I say the first thing, you've got to clean up your act because understand this, cancers coming from what you're eating and all the bad things like the the stress and what you eat causes cancers. I mean, and, and it's terrible to see. And I get every single person coming to me saying, Oh, this friend's got cancer, and this friend's got cancer, and and invariably really is stress and eating the wrong stuff. That's ninety percent of the, the of the cancers out there, you know. So that's why when I do a twenty-one day fast, I knew that this is going to kill this cancer, and I did because they had gave me no chance, and then suddenly it started working, and it worked twice as fast as anybody else on the same treatment as me. So it shows you. But again, I educated myself about this, and, and as I say, this profile Professor Thomas Seafried and and that's the Biggest pity I find with big pharma and, and food companies is they're not going to tell you the truth because it's interesting if i fast, who's going to make money out of this? Nobody. So if you're not making money, nobody's interested, which makes me very frustrated. And, and I see why it's difficult for people. I mean, breast cancer, I mean, and, and I had... Uh, Five bouts of the of the red devil. And again, number one, everybody says, oh, it makes you sick. It made me nothing because I fasted before it didn't do anything to me. So understand, I've done all these things. I've practiced what I've preached and, and, and I keep on researching. I'm always researching and reading and, and listening to books all the time. So I'm always doing like two or three or four books every month. And, and I think that's what helps. And I think that's what people, uh, and I always say this in my talk, the one thing we all that's happening to all of us is we're getting older, correct? 100% correct. But the one thing we can do is get cleverer. The older we get, the clever we should get. But so many people like stop learning. They think you can't, uh, you can't teach, teach, teach an old dog new tricks. You can because you just keep learning and improving. And that's what life's about. And, and, and you must make life even get better and better. And, and the only way to do is education.
0: Brilliant insights there. Is there anything, though... Uh, just to close off with, that you've also learned in your voyage of discovery against cancer that you can share with us. And I, I, I say this because a very good friend of ours who um, had pancreatic cancer, which again is also not incurable, uh, she lasted far longer than was anticipated. She has passed away. But in her case, she found that cannabis was a great help to her. Have you tried things like that? Something off off the charts?
1: Yeah, it's off the charts. And again, I, I, I did all my research on cannabis and it didn't do much for me because the, the, what cannabis does for you, for a lot of people, is number one, take the stress. I mean, I've got like a, a group of multiple myeloma guys that did uh, the mushrooms, the magic mushrooms, which actually helped them all. But again, I just don't need all this stuff because I feel like I've got it under control. So understand, and and this is where it's not difference. Everybody handles things differently. I handle it in a way it's just being positive. Like people, uh, uh, Joe Dispenza says, go and, uh, go and meditate. I said, no, no, I'd rather go for a paddle, and that's better meditation for me, and I feel fit and healthy. So you've got your own different ways of handling it. Like A lot of people did the, the medical marijuana for sleep and then for anxiety and things like that. So there's always different ways. So don't believe my way is the only way. But the most important thing that I've learned is that it's very important to have a lot of support around you all the time because you are going through tough times and you've got to have support and realize, you know, I always talk about, and this is a business, little bit of a business lesson, is that in my phone I've got 8,700 contacts and, contacts and I still keep every single one and I'm always there. You know, Alec, you can phone up the thing and say, listen, I've got to cancel and I will answer and and I'm always Replying to everybody and 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 there's thousands of people that have got cancer and and I do it and and i'm I'm there that's why I wrote the book that's why i'm I'm here to help people uh, overcome the odds and, and and I mean the other day, I had a thing where the guy said, no I'm fighting depression, but your book helped me fight depression, and I'm so happy that that happened you know so people go through these tough times and and, and I'm there to help them and 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 again I've been through it which which I don't like doing it, you know so it's 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 a tough thing and and my wife always says oh you, you're dealing with people that are always sick and they're always coming to you say oh and and i lose friends like two weeks ago i met a person in Tash's in constantia and she was fighting i said oh keep it do this do this and then the brother messaged me, she died two weeks later but i tried everything i could and you know, the friends bought the book you know so it, it it is tough you know when you've got cancer it is tough and it, and it, it is uh a bit stressful but it, i'm just so positive i just think i've all these people I'm going to learn from everybody out there and, and hopefully they can learn from me as well. And, and and as I say, networking, keep that support. Yes, social media is supposed to be bad, but let me tell you, social media can uplift you a lot if you've got that kind of support that are helping you all the time and, and, and pushing you through.
0: Oscar Chalupski, I'm um... Privilege to be one of those thousands of friends over many, many years. It's been, uh, it's been a privilege knowing you and uh, speaking today has uh, been very uplifting in the same way as your book has. And I'm Alec Hogg from biznews.com.
1: Thank you very much, Alec.